So guys, y'all feel united? We are. I love the lip sync last night. That was great. Um, Hello to all of the rest of you at Grace Point. Um, My name is Jonathan, and I've been the speaker this week, and I am um, very thankful and very humbled to get to participate and share in the ministries that y'all help support, um, both through your your time and your tithe and your talents. Um, You have a great group of students here, and I hope that you can realize that. Uh, Parents, you have a great, uh, you you have some great kids. Um, and this is just a wonderful church full of life and God's spirit. And as Kevin mentioned, and as you can kind of guess from the, uh, big letters behind me, um, this week we talked about what it meant to be united. And we looked at a few different kind of ways to get there. And so, uh, the weird thing that happens in these weekends, like some of the stuff that we saw in the video that that all of these kind of facets of a weekend all kind of help bring us to this point. But what happens oftentimes is that we have a really good weekend and we just kind of chalk it up to a lot of fun and then we kind of just move on and there's no real stickiness. And in some ways, it's kind of like if you imagine you wanted to learn how to hit a layup And you spent a whole bunch of time trying to make a layup, and you finally made one layup. And you're like, all right, I got it. I'm good. I'm done. I don't ever have to practice layups again. And in skill work, like sports or in archery or shooting or in lots of different skill ideas, there's an idea that you don't do it until you get it right, but you do it until you can't get it wrong. And although we're always going to get this faith idea wrong, I think that we have to continually practice. We have to continually be aware of being united. And for the adults in the room that weren't here part of this weekend, one of the things that I want to say to you is that you are participating in this unity, in this group, just as much as the children are, the youth are. And also, we have to see ourselves not just as being united as Forge Ministry or united as Fusion Ministry, but that everyone in this room needs to be practicing what it looks like for Grace Point to be united. So this morning, we're going to look at a really powerful passage of Scripture that kind of speaks to how do we, now that maybe we've spent the last 48 hours kind of getting united How do we kind of continually live out this united in our church and in our lives? So we're going to be in Philippians 2 this morning, verses 5 through 13. And so if you have a Bible and would like to read along, uh, please feel free to do so. And so... Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant. Being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, 
So at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is in God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure." And so this passage of scripture that we have today, some scholars kind of look at this as almost like an original praise chorus in some ways, that this may have been a song that the early church would have sang about Jesus. And I love, there's a couple of really key points of this, these verses that I think are powerful and help us get to unity. And that first section, those first few verses where it says, have the same mind as Christ, to be like Christ. And we hear that over and over and over again. And that's the goal of the church. That's the goal as us as individual Christians is to reflect and mirror Christ to the world. But Paul reminds us this interesting idea that though Jesus was on the same level as God, he humbled himself to the point of a man And wasn't looking at the world and asking the question, how can the world serve me? But rather was asking, how can I serve the world? One of the things that I think the church as a whole has maybe gone a little too far in is promoting the idea of leadership. And although leadership is very important, don't get me wrong, We've missed a little bit, or at least I've missed a little bit over the past years of I put so much interest and so much intention into how to make myself a better leader that in some ways I have missed how to be a better follower. And that's problematic because Jesus in the Gospels never says, go and lead. He says, go and make disciples. But more than any other phrase in the Gospels, the thing that Jesus continually says to people is, Follow me. And so although we absolutely need leaders in the church, we also need really good followers. We need servants. We need people asking the question, not what can the church do for me, but what gifts, what skills, what talents, what do I have that I can give to the church? There are some of you adults in the room this morning that maybe aren't connected to any of these teenagers in, in, in any way whatsoever. But you support them financially, you pray for them. But I'm going to tell you that there are some people in this room right now that have some skills, some talents that could benefit a lot of these youth in this room. Maybe you're a guy in this room who really likes working on cars and understands things like how to change oil or how to repair an engine or just kind of how to do general maintenance on a vehicle. You could host a Saturday get together with some of these guys and teach them about how to work on a car and then maybe have a conversation of just how creative and innovative God is when he creates systems in our world. Or maybe you're someone who really, really likes to cook And you could bring some of these youth in, especially some of the seniors who are about to go off and they need to know how to provide for themselves so they don't live off of Top Ramen for four years. And you can kind of host a cooking clinic. 
And maybe invite some students into your house and teach them about the hospitality of Christ. There's lots of different ways that you can be involved. And I think that as a church, for us to all be united, we all need to get some skin in the game. Youth, we've kind of told you all week that it's not about you. And sometimes that can be a little mixed message because we say it's not all about you, but then we kind of like cater to your every desire and want and need. And so I'm also going to challenge you to start looking at not just where can the church serve you better or how can they entertain you more, but where can you begin to serve the church? What are opportunities that the church has, whether it be a mission trip locally or out of this country, camps or other things outside of the youth group that you can get plugged into so that you become a bigger part of Grace Point as a whole. I'm often reminded of one of the most powerful stories that I've ever heard. It was in the early 90s, a church in Chicago, inner city church, who'd experienced the problem that a lot of inner city churches and big cities had had, and that was that most of their congregation had moved out to the suburbs, and now their churches were very small and kind of dying. And so this pastor was there and was kind of the only staff member. And one day as he was going to go out for lunch, he looked out the window and he saw these three homeless men sitting on the stoop of this inner city church. And so he felt some compassion. He went into the kitchen and he found a few slices of bread and some peanut butter and he made them all a peanut butter sandwich, took them out, handed it to them and said, hey man, this is all we really got. But um, if you can be here tomorrow, I'll have some more peanut butter sandwiches for you. So the next day he shows up Uh, with some peanut butter sandwiches, and these homeless men had brought some of their friends along. So he feeds them too. And then the next week, they bring more, so he brings more. And all of a sudden, a local news station kind of picks up with this, like, peanut butter pastor, and they run a little special on him. Well, he starts getting attention from this work he's doing, and all of a sudden, people in the Chicago area are sending him checks for supplies so that he can make more peanut butter sandwiches. So he actually all of a sudden kind of comes in this big sum of money that he doesn't really know what to do with. So he sits down and he prays to God, God, what should I do with this money? And God gives him a very interesting answer. And so this pastor who could definitely use these funds takes all of the checks, all of the cash that he's received in donations, and he sends it back to the people with a small letter that says, You need to make your own sandwiches. We need to be a church, not just locally, but globally, who starts asking the question, what does it look like for me to make my own sandwiches? To be fully involved at Grace Point. That it is not just my... My, my small group or my youth group, but that it is Grace Point as a whole. And how do we work towards being united as a church? Because I believe that's one of the biggest problems and the biggest goals and probably one of the biggest ministries that every church in America is going to have to figure out. Because right now we are looking at a big, big problem in church. And if you want to look at it even from like a business standpoint, we're getting kind of a low return on investment. How many of our students in the room right now are juniors and seniors in high school? Okay. Adults, I want you to pay attention to those hands that were just up because either in the next six months to a year, 
those students are going to enter into one of the biggest mission fields and one of the darkest places in America today, and that is the university campus. It is by far the darkest place that we have in American society today. The problem that we're seeing in churches is that out of every 10 students who were plugged into church, who were plugged into church, less than three of them, 2.8% of them will be involved in church once they graduate high school and go on to college. And for you youth, if we lose you, if you, if you leave here and you are, you are forever disconnected from the church, I can tell you this, it's not because we didn't entertain you enough. Y'all had a lot of fun this weekend. If, if the sole purpose of following Jesus was just to have fun, man, we did a great job this week. But along with having fun, we encouraged y'all to go out and do service projects. We encouraged y'all to worship. We encouraged y'all to get together and pour over some tough questions and scripture and pray together. And Grace Point, you're going to have to continually encourage these students to do what Paul says later on in this passage, to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Students, you're going to have to figure out and kind of learn that this weekend can be a launching pad. But if that's, if you never build off of this, then we're not really doing kingdom work because we're not actually getting life change. We're getting maybe a weekend change. But students, the more that you get involved in your church here, the more that you can ask the question, not how can the church serve me, but how can I serve the church? The more you're going to see your faith grow. I would highly encourage all of you to figure out where is a place at Grace Point that you can serve. Even if it's just in student ministry, even if it's something as small as on Wednesday nights, that you make sure that all the trash is picked up so that the leaders don't have to do that. Adults in the room, some of you, I know it may seem very scary. The idea of taking on a student in this room as kind of a mentor. And maybe for you, that's, a, that's right now too big of a step. But for the adults in the room, I would highly encourage you to get with Wade or get with Kevin and ask them, is there a specific student that I could just kind of pray for? And maybe take a student in this ministry and just kind of pray for them. And maybe that leads to a personal relationship. But right now, all you kind of have the time for is just prayer. That's powerful enough. But adults, you need to realize you have a great responsibility within this ministry Because I can promise you this, there are young men and women in this room right now who desperately need a godly example of what it means to be a Christian husband, what it means to be a Christian wife. They need godly role models in their lives because they may not be getting it at home. Some of these students are leaving here and going back to homes that are fragmented and broken, and they could really use a Christian example of what it means to be in a godly marriage. And you could help show them that. But we're going to have to start working out, as Paul says, our faith with fear and trembling. So guys, it doesn't just stop at this weekend. Parents, and this is going to be a hard one to hear for some of you. 
but I saw it from a distance this weekend, and I, I, I don't have kids, so I am speaking as ignorant as I possibly can be, but this is just how I feel about what Scripture is teaching us. For some of you parents, it's going to be hard. You've got younger students in this ministry, and you're going to have to allow them to work out their faith. You're going to have to allow them to kind of take some ownership of their faith. And what that means is that along that journey, there's going to be some struggle. There's going to be some pain. And I can understand the parental spirit of wanting to kind of swoop in and protect them from those things. But for some of the parents in the room, you're going to have to practice some faith in God, that God is in control, that God is holding on to your student and allowing your student to progress in their faith and allow them to take ownership of their faith. When we as a church, I've said this all weekend, when we as a church live united, there is limitless opportunity for the kingdom of God in Northwest Arkansas. The amount of work to be done here is limitless. But as a church, if you are united in Christ, you have limitless power to do that work. But any, if you've ever read any books on war or battle, the strategy of war is to always get the enemy confused, to create as much chaos as possible. And guess what? The enemy is trying to do that here. The enemy wants to create as much confusion, as much distance, as much chaos, as much separatism as it possibly can in this congregation. Because as long as you are separated and not unified, the enemy doesn't have to worry about you much. But just with the people in this room, if you gather together and unified at Christ and looked at your mission as what can we do to unleash the kingdom of God in Northwest Arkansas, you would start having testimonies that would blow our minds. And so I hope that for all of us, all of us, that this one weekend wasn't just a time that we came to have fun It wasn't just kind of a time to come and to kind of let go of some baggage and to cry and to feel a little bit better. But I truly pray that this weekend was a line in the sand that we will look back as not only students, but as adults, as a church and say that in February of 2017, my faith turned a corner in a very good way, that I started pursuing Christ with relentless passion, that my faith became more than just pious platitudes, but that I allowed God to tear down the walls of my life and live in the unifying spirit of Christ. May you be a church who seeks unity in all things. May you be a church that prays for the power of the Holy Spirit to be unleashed in your communities. May you be a church 
who lives united. Let's pray. Good and gracious God, we are so thankful for this weekend. We would not have enough time in this day to tell all of the stories that happened in the last 48 hours. But we do know that walls were torn down. We do know that hearts were softened. We do know that grace was poured out. And so, God, I pray that we would take the spirit that we have here now and harness it, cultivate it, nourish it, so that we as a church, both locally and globally, would become united. If Jesus could take 12 people, unite them together, and change the face of the planet, it is amazing to think what the number of people in this room could do if we united together for the cause of Christ. May we die to ourselves and live for you. It's in your name we pray. Amen.